What are all the ways you're losing money in your business? That's what we're talking about in episode 23 of the Biz Podcast. You're listening to the Biz Podcast with Lara Wellman, the podcast for small business owners who are ready to set goals, take action, and build the business and life they want to have. Your life, your biz, your way. Welcome to today's episode of the Biz Podcast. I'm Lara Wellman and I help business owners like you who are feeling overwhelmed and frustrated and pulled in a million directions slow down and figure out what the right next steps are in your business so you can free up more time and make more money. And money is what we're talking about today. And I've invited Megan O'Neill back to the show to talk about money. And I tried something a little bit different this time. And we actually went live on Facebook and had a conversation about money. And I've taken that interview and I've brought it over to the podcast. So that's what we're going to jump into right now. Hey, everybody, we're talking about money today, money and your business. And I've got Megan O'Neill with me here today because Megan is one of my favorite people to talk to about stuff like money and your business and where entrepreneurs get stuck because of things that are more than they seem when you first bring them up as a topic. So Megan is here with us today. And I'm going to start off by having you, Megan, tell everybody who you are. And then after that, we're going to talk about money. Hello. So as Lara said, I'm Megan O'Neill, and I am here in Ottawa with Lara. My specialty actually is I'm a belief and mindset specialist, which means that I work with entrepreneurs predominantly on some of the mindset blocks that keep them from really expanding in their business. And I've been doing that for many, many moons now, probably a good 15 years. I'm aging myself by saying that. In the old days, I used to work with people in my office face-to-face, and now I'm actually expanded, and I'm working across the globe via Skype. So it's pretty exciting, new world out there. Absolutely. And we are going to chat about money because as you have encountered a lot with your clients and I have encountered a lot with my clients, money is one of those things that people get pretty stuck on. Yeah. And it's not just with my clients. It's my own money mindset. You know, my own money mindset is what started this journey to look at money in the first place. Yeah, and and we all have to go through it. We all need to start somewhere. We all are going to start discovering the little places that whether it's money mindset or any mindset sort of starts to hold you back. Because in a lot of cases with running a business, there's a lot of different pieces. But one of the things that we all deal with is that we all are involved in there sort of holding us back. We're one of our biggest problems a lot of the time. Yeah, I would say that's really true and particularly true with money. I just, you know, in my experience, not only personally, but working with clients, I think money is the number one mindset block that keeps people from really building their business and really keeps a lot of people feeling anxious a lot of the time is money. Yeah. And that's because it runs through so many different parts of your business, right? It runs through so many of the things that you need to do as a business owner. And so it's got to have impact like that. But we're going to talk about a few. I've got a few ready to sort of bring up and talk about because money, it, it probably feels like the biggest one that people expect is, you know, how to make enough money, but it's not just about making money. No, but that's the end goal. That's it the, is end the end goal. All the work. Yep, it is for the sure. End goal. But 
when we think about money issues, it's not just we're not making enough money this month or this week or, or this year. There are all these different layers to it. So the first one I wanted to talk about was pricing and where business owners get stuck when it comes to pricing. And why don't you go ahead? What have you seen and where do you think people get stuck with pricing? Well, I think that people feel really underconfident about what to charge. They don't really feel, I think, clear enough or confident enough to charge what they really need to charge in order to make themselves happy. So I see a lot of what we call price sourcing. So asking on boards, what should I charge and really looking to other people to um, determine their prices. And, and, you know, I've done that as well. I did that back at the beginning. I'm, when I first started and before I was self-employed, I, was, I would let my former bosses determine my rates all the time. Yeah, most of us aren't taught, and I think most of us are taught by employee parents. There's not a lot of people, I think, who grow up in the world who have parents who teach them great money beliefs, especially around pricing. Absolutely. So you're right. People go out there and say, like, what should I charge for this? Yeah. People make up pricing. They think, oh, you know, I think uh, this much. This is how much people are going to be willing to pay. And they let other people and what other people think really play a huge role in how much things cost. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of danger in that, right? A, I think that one of the bigger dangers is, is that everybody has their perception of what something is worth. So your beliefs determine what you think. I could think that this paper towel is the most beautiful paper towel I've ever seen. And I'm going to pay $20 for this paper towel. And another person might say, well, I'll pay two cents for that because I don't really value that. So what you're seeing when you start to price source is you start to see people's values, what they value. And, and really values are just another word for beliefs. What do I believe about this? So that's, I think, where the danger comes. Right. And you don't necessarily know that you're asking the people who you want to have buying your thing. Yes, exactly. I think, you know, you and I often talk about what I call your rite of passage when you first begin in business and you're learning and there's learning curves. And one of them is pricing. And one of the other things, and you were probably going to talk about this, is that when you first start out, you might undercharge for your time and you might end up not charging enough. And what ends up happening as a result of that is that you end up, if you're not clear on your pricing, probably giving a lot of time away for free. And that weighs on you because it makes you tired eventually, doesn't it? Burns you out. Yeah. Well, you start to resent it. And then you realize you sort of create it yourself, but then you feel like you can't stop doing it because you started doing it. So now you're stuck. So you have to keep doing it. And then you start to hate your business. It's a messy little path you can start rolling down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of areas that pricing is is really challenging. But I think that what people fear is that if they charge too much, they will alienate people. I think that's really what it is. There's this fear if I charge too much or I tell people this is what my price is, then they'll think it's too much and I ultimately I won't have anyone. I think that's a lot of what's underlying pricing. Absolutely. They're afraid of being judged and they're afraid of nobody buying their stuff. And so they feel like if it's cheaper, people will buy it. When the truth often is that people value things and if it's too cheap, then they start to question how good it is. There's so many different things there. Exactly. And so there's the mindset stuff, but there's also just the fact that people don't and, and the mindset stuff plays into this, but you need to make sure that when you're pricing, you know why 
you have a price. Like, what is it you need to make? How much do you need to make? How much do you need to charge in order to make what you make? And going as a business owner, if you just think about your hourly rate, then you're not taking into account all of the work you do that is unpaid. And there is no business owner that doesn't have to do work to build their business that is not hours that you're being paid for. And so if you think I have 30 hours, 50 hours, whatever many hours it is that you have in a week to work, and you count all of those hours and divide the amount you need to make by that, then you've just created a situation where you're never going to be able to make enough money. Right. And, you know, when people look, say, for example, a person were to go to a massage therapist and the fee is $100 and you look at that and you go, well, gee, they're taking away $100. No, they're not. They have overhead. They have income tax. They have all these expenses that people may be coming from the employee world don't understand and that you have to take into consideration. And I think a lot of people who are self-employed or solopreneurs, they don't necessarily, people on the outside don't necessarily understand that. They don't understand the expenses that are involved. They just think their takeaway is this. So that's why you have to become really, really strong and clear in terms of your pricing and feeling confident about it. Because there are going to be some people who challenge your prices and they're not your ideal client. Yep. And you can increase your prices and you can start at one place and keep going up because the other thing is, right, when, when you're constantly being impacted by what other people think, you're pricing too much, you're not pricing enough, right. and truly you'll hear both. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you will. And exactly. how do you know where to go? So you always need to know that you can start lower and increase and keep increasing and, and you're allowed as a business owner to increase your prices, but you do need to also understand why your prices are what your prices are. And if you're struggling to increase your prices, that's where there's often that little mindset thing that's keeping you stuck, right? And that's always where we come back to Megan. So like, you know, but you can't, 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 you're hitting a wall over and over again. How do we dig down deeper and find out what's stopping you? Right. Well, I mean, my advice to people is always to look at what they believe about their pricing. So why is looking at your beliefs important? Because beliefs are really what determine your reality. So what I mean by that is that if I am fearful, so underneath there's a belief around fear about pricing, the fear might not necessarily be realistic. It might not actually be applicable. I might think that people are judging me, but they're probably not. And even if they are, doesn't matter. This is what I need in order to, to be happy doing what I do. Most people that you and I know, Lara, because we know a lot of entrepreneurs, we both work with them, they didn't necessarily get into this to just make money. There's few that we know. Most people are looking at their business as some sort of service. They're here to serve and help people. And it's really hard to help people and to be really of service when you're struggling. Struggling does not make you a better business person. It actually does the opposite to that. Yeah, absolutely. So that segues very nicely into selling because you're going to need to be able to sell your stuff, right? So now we've got a price and the price may be based in reality and, and what you actually need to make. But oh, so many people feel so uncomfortable selling. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we have a whole load of beliefs. I know I grew up with serious beliefs about sales being negative. And I think there's a lot of cultural beliefs. I mean, we're both Canadians. So I think Canadians are funny about sales. And I think particularly, and the men can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that women are more self-conscious about sales than men because they feel that they're putting upon people, like they're inconveniencing people or they're making, they're worried about other people's feelings. Like, 
if I sell you this layer and I tell you about my product or I tell you about my packages, then you're going to feel really uncomfortable. And I really don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. So there's these. Well, we're not meant to be pushy. (laughs) Right. Because what kind of woman is pushy? Right. And there's the fear of judgment. And we were brought up also, at least I was in my household. Don't be so pushy. I literally had my mother say that to me. Or she would cut up someone who was a salesperson. Oh my gosh, they're so pushy. So we have a lot of old beliefs that are rattling around in our little brains that are what I work with that keep people from being comfortable in sales. Because sales is really, when you think about sales, sales is really just communicating what you do and what you have to offer. I come to you, Lara, and I say, listen, I have this problem. You know, my business is here. I need you to help me to take my business to the next level. And you go, okay, Megan, this is what I think you need to do. This, these are the different packages that I offer. This is a different coaching. You're just telling me about how you can help me solve my problem, essentially. That's right. Those are my solutions and you can take them or leave them. Right. So from my point of view, with working with so many people who are uncomfortable with sales and working through it for myself, because it took me a long time as well. The big shift for me was truly thinking what I'm doing is I'm offering a solution. I'm going to give you the best solution. Right. So I'm going to give you multiple solutions, but I'm going to tell you which one is the right solution, in my opinion. And then I'm going to see what you have to say. But the shift was to no longer one feel like what I was doing when I was giving somebody a price was asking them to give me their money. Right. Like, so give me your money. I need you to give me your money. That's what it feels like. As opposed to Bitcoins or what? Like, well, no, as opposed to like, I'm offering you solution and we're going to have an exchange. It feels like trying to, to get money. Like the whole interaction is about me trying to get your money. And that's where I think they use car salesmen, right? Like me to say anything yeah. Yeah. to try and get you to give me your money. And I am, I was worried that that's what people felt like, right? So like, okay, like, I don't want you to feel like I'm just trying to get your money. So uh, I'm going to try and give you like a, a cheap, option so that you don't feel like I'm just trying to get your money as opposed to, you know what, the very best option for you is this. And it's not the cheapest option, but it's the best option because when I was going to the cheap option, I was doing them a disservice. They're not getting what they needed. Well, exactly. And really um, there's two things that I want to say. One thing is, is that people's money parts come up, say, for example, they're talking to a business coach or they're talking to a mindset person and you and I are are telling them what we think would best serve them because that's why they've come to us. Where money blocks, and I'm speaking from experience because this is what I have gone through, is that your own money blocks come up and block you, and I'm probably segueing into your next thing, where you're not making the best decision for your business because your money blocks are preventing that fear. Like, oh my gosh, if I take on this coaching package or if I do this mindset work with Megan or if I commit to a virtual assistant, then I don't have the money to be able to support that. You know, that's one thing. The other thing about sales is, is that, you know, and I think this is just kind of a practical way of approaching it is when people are phoning you up and, and asking you about what it is that you do or your products, it's really you can ask them. This is kind of a simple way to figure out how to give them the best service. Ask them what they need. 
Because if I say, listen, I need my, my business to be at six figures in this amount of time in a year, you're going to say, well, then, you know what, Megan, you're going to have to go full hog on this and you're going to have to really invest it. And that's what it's going to take realistically for you to make this six figures in that amount of time. Right. Yep. And so we all get stuck up in all the different layers of it, right? There's so many different layers, like peeling an onion too, right? We get another one and we get another one. We're uncomfortable with feeling like we're asking money. We're feeling uncomfortable because we don't want to be pushy. And then there's the whole other fear of success, which is an entirely different conversation. We're not (laughs) getting into a whole different one. Yeah. (laughs) But it is multi-layered. You're right. It's so multi-layered. You know, it's really multi-layered. And and I think, you know, from talking to different people, there's so many different areas where money is loaded. The whole subject that we're talking about right now, we're applying it to business, but it, it really applies to every aspect of your life money. It's not as simple. We're just trying to kind of cover as much as we can in terms of business. Right. But it's it's a complicated, complicated, loaded, emotionally loaded subject. Absolutely is. All right. So let's go into the next part, which you which you're absolutely right. That's where we're going next. So the other place that people struggle with money is spending it, you know, well, and even just going back to the sales for a second in terms of how people feel about that money. They go together, but when they make a sale, let's say a sales for $100, people resent if they have to pay a credit card fee because they feel like somebody's taking that money. Right. So that goes back to the pricing. You need to have priced enough to have recounted for that. And if you didn't, then that's the first problem. You need to know that there are things you need to spend money on in order to right. make money. Right. And so you don't get to keep 100 percent of what you earn because no. that's not how business works. No. But people really struggle with investing in their business. They feel like they need to be able to do it all themselves. They try to do it all themselves. They struggle They get burnt out again. They get frustrated What kind of things do you see there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think on some level, when you first begin, it does make sense that you try to do everything on your own. So, you know, they call it bootstrapping. So you're going to try and do every single post in social media. You're going to try and build your own website. And I think there are solutions to help you when you first start just building a website. One of my friends who did the same thing as me hired a website designer and we shared the cost. Of course, in those days, you didn't build your website. I didn't even know how to do that. It's much easier. But just there are solutions for when you first begin your business on a practical level. But where I see that, and this this was me, 150% for a long time that I was bootstrapping or I was letting my money blocks get in the way of me really expanding my business. I realized that I needed to do work in that. And that's actually pretty well close to when I started to working about a year after I started working on my money blocks, I started to work with you as a business coach. I think that there's so many areas in which it affects you, but I think it's directly layered to feeling overwhelmed too, because that's one of the things that you and I hear going on with a lot of entrepreneurs. They feel like they're a bit of a mouse on a mess wheel and they are overwhelmed with the amount of actions that they have to take to build their business. And there are a lot of things that you do need to do in the modern world, I think more so than in the old days. And they don't understand, they can't see because your money is blocking you. It's like they're not seeing the big picture. And so they're focusing in on, oh, I have to pay that $100 to get someone to do this, not understanding that that's probably going to make you a lot more money. 
it feels like they're losing money instead of creating opportunity to make right. more money. And if you think that what you're doing is losing money, it's going to feel bad. And then you're going to stop yourself from doing it, or you're not going to go into it openly and see the opportunities that come from it. Right. Exactly. Because time, your time, and I think this goes back to mindset in the sense that you could be spending your time instead of doing maybe something you hate. So say, for example, you hated to write your newsletter or you hated. To, and, and, and these are things that one has to do nowadays. Right. One has to do newsletters. One has to do a lot of marketing. Say you hate a lot of aspects of that, but you did it instead of doing what you are a talented and really enjoy doing, which is your actual work. You could make more money doing your actual work. Most of the time when you look at, okay, so my hourly is this, or this is how much I get for this contract I'm going to take on. And then I outsource this and it's only going to cost me this. When you really start to break it down, you could spend a lot more time doing something where you're going to get paid more and you're also love it way more. Yeah. And to that same point, what people end up doing when they try to take on tasks they hate doing is that not only does it take them longer than the other person because the other person is good at it, it takes them longer because they don't want to do it. And so they keep exactly. procrastinating. So they're yep. not actually getting something done. So if it takes you five hours to do a newsletter and it would take somebody else two, and you can charge more at your hourly rate doing your actual work or bringing in new business than what you're paying that other person, you have to see the opportunity in that. But if all you're thinking about is I could do it myself, or I should do it myself, or this is costing me X amount of dollars, then you're going to get stuck. Yeah. And for anybody who has read The Big Leap, Dr. Gay Hendricks talks about working in your zone of genius. If you're not working in your zone of genius and you're doing other things that you're not passionate about, bottom line, you're going to lose money, but you're also going to be unhappy. And you're going to think, why the hell am I doing this self-employment thing? Like, this is way more work. I can just go in and clock in and do a nine to five and not have to do all this crappy stuff at the end of my day and stay up and burning the midnight oil. Like there are actual practical reasons as well, right? Absolutely. And there's a great example in that book about a CEO, I think, who spends 10 hours trying to install a printer. And his hourly billing rate is like $1,000 an hour. And so he spends all this time. And finally, his wife is like, just get Scott down the street to do it. Scott down the street does it in 20 minutes. And they have to convince him to take 20 bucks as a thank you. Right. And so we all know people who have huge money blocks where they think they need to do something. My father-in-law comes to my mind. He's exactly like the CEO. He's his own business charges whatever per hour, but spent five years doing his own roof because God knows he could do it himself. And every year the shingle guy would come by and say to my mother-in-law, you know, lady, is it time for us to do the roof this year? And the roof took five years. So how much money and how much of his own personal time did he lose? Because he had now in that case, he had really profound money blocks. That was a big one. Right. But we all have our money blocks. And this is where people need to get really conscious. And I don't, to be honest, Lara, talking to people, I think people, they'll identify they have money blocks, but those money blocks are old. And I, you know, I often refer to this as your comfy old sweater that you've been wearing for 20 years that, you know, it feels like you it feels comfortable. You don't not necessarily know that it's affecting your business that way. That's why you and I are talking about it, because we really want people to understand that your money blocks may be one of the biggest factors that your business is not growing and you're not making the money that you need to make. 
in order to have a good business, be happy. Well, a lot of the time people don't recognize their money blocks as money blocks. They recognize, they think of them as smart. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm being really smart right now. I know that it's better if I do this myself and I save some money. I know that it's, you know, I don't want the world to think I'm a pushy person. And so I am not going to put myself out there. That's not how I want to be seen in the world. And so it's good for me to come in as a soft touch and not be pushy because people are going to respect that in me. And so you convince yourself that what you're doing is the right thing. And it's really hard to recognize it in yourself without doing some like self work without talking to somebody like you or I, where we're like, Oh, you know what? (laughs) Yeah. And part of what you and I do is we dig deeper because people say, okay, I think I've got some scarcity mentality. So meaning that I don't think there's enough out there, which is another, I don't know if you were going to mention this, but that's another, sorry, I'm jumping ahead, (laughs) but you know, scarcity mentality is what I'm hearing in the last week or so. I'm hearing this a lot. And I know this one well, because I grew up with it. And this was like bottle fed to me about the scarcity mentality and runs deep in my history of my family. So basically, it's, it's not thinking there's enough, enough clients, enough money, enough anything, whatever. And this is, this is a big one that what it does is it really clouds your judgment and good business judgment in terms of building your business. And I think what I'm also hearing a lot, and we could actually spend another thing on this, is that if your spouse has money blocks, you might actually not necessarily have as many money blocks as your spouse, but they have big ones. And you're taking them on. You're, you're what I say, colluding with them. You're agreeing right. with them. And that also is another area where it can bring all your money stuff out where your your spouse says to you, hey, you've been doing this for two months. Why aren't you bringing the same salary as you did at your normal job? How many times do you hear that with entrepreneurs you've worked with? I mean, this is they have a lot of influence, our spouses. So this is why getting really clear on what's coming up with you in terms of money, when you have to spend it, when you have to charge it, when you have to receive it. Receiving money is also really difficult for people. They're like, um, you know, I don't, I don't really like anybody to write a check to me or whatever. Fine. Then pretend your husband is your, um, your assistant and get him to send out the invoices. Get him to do it. Do it in some sort of electronic way if it's really, you're really struggling with this. Like there are practical ways to deal with this stuff. So, so, and that's the next point is, you know, what do you do about it? So you're going to start to, to think that maybe you do have some money blocks or maybe you're going to say, I need to figure out if I have some money blocks. And if you're working with somebody like me, then we're going to work through practical solutions to start getting there, right? Like, let's do the math. Let's create yeah. a plan. Yeah. Let's, let's decide what are all the pieces in terms of understanding what your value is and feeling good about that. And that's, so that's the practical side of it. And then if you're talking to Megan, it goes more into the beliefs and, and that kind of, you know, even unconscious work. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time in the last three years studying with a lot of money mentors, really looking at some of my deeper stuff. So this is a really um, a subject of real interest to me. Because ultimately, I see money just really money is this intangible thing when you think about it. And I think that most of us aren't motivated by money. I think that we really aren't. And I think that's what makes it difficult. To be honest, I think it'd be easier if you were just motivated by money. I think that if you just because you would just be black and white. 
And I think particularly what we were talking about before is a lot of the people that we know who are really in business to give, to yeah. be of service because, you know, it works well with their family and they aren't just out to make millions of dollars. Again, like the money isn't the carrot for everybody and you need to know that. And, and so just setting certain goals is not enough to get you there. Right. And so I guess the first thing that comes to mind in terms of what what you might want to examine in terms of your beliefs and is to really look at this actually feeds into the imposter syndrome, another mindset block. But I think a lot of people don't recognize how much experience they really do, do have and how much it's worth. Like on a monetary level, your experience, your knowledge is worth and is going to make other people money. So let's just take, for example, sleep consultant, because we know sleep consultants. If you have to get up and go to work and say you the person needs to make X amount of dollars, but they're too bloody tired and they're too emotionally drained after having been up with their child all night, how much is it worth for you to be able to get a, a good night's sleep? You know, and I really want the sleep consultant to think about that because that's really important. You are actually helping this person and contributing to making it so they can actually use their brain and function, right? Instead of calling in sick. Yeah. So I think, you know, recognizing your value is big. And if you're struggling with that, that's hard. If you're always trying to minimize what you're doing or trying to give it away for free, like maybe Mm. it's time to like sort of write that down. Be like, oh, I'm doing that a lot. I better make a note of it and figure out what's going on there. Yeah. So what's underneath that? So if you're giving away your time for free and you go, oh, why am I doing that? That is, it's not going to take you very long to figure this out, but to just sit down and really think about that and go, what is it about giving away my time? What makes, what prompts me to do that? When I'm doing it, what am I thinking? What's going on within me that I'm doing this? And then you'll start to get some answers and you'll start to see some of the beliefs that are, that are underneath some of your actions. Yeah. So for people who are ready to dig in further... And they want to find out more about Megan. Megan has a great Facebook group and she has a great group course coming up. So why don't you tell people about that? In a couple of weeks, I'm going to be starting my mindset coaching online program. So we're going to have eight people and we are going to dig into subjects like we're talking about money, imposter syndrome, sales, all the different areas where I see the most common mindset blocks that are going to come up. And we're going to dig down deep on that. And there's going to be some exercises to prepare for each week that we spend on the subject. And then they're going to get a lot of attention in this group. And it was really a wonderful group last time we did it. And and people made a lot of strides in there. They really, people are not aware of how much their mindset is a factor in success and making money. So this is where people started to realize it in this group. The second thing is, I mean, I, I, my Facebook group is great and we spend a lot of time on mindset. Well, that's, main focus of it, the emotional side of being an entrepreneur, because it's emotional. But I also, within the last year, because I was coming up with the pricing and the pricing was kind of a theme that was running with mindset clients, I created an exercise, a belief exercise to get people thinking on a deeper level about what beliefs they're running around pricing. So I do have that and I'll share the link with that. So people can get that from me. It's their freebie Friday. How about that? It's freebie Friday. Freebie Friday. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I will have links to your Facebook group and to the course. And I think that 
we'll wrap it up there. But I think this has been a really interesting conversation all about the money ups and downs and all the things. Yeah, I mean, we could spend, we could spend two years on this. Really. <laughs> so thank you for chatting with me about this. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed having this conversation with Megan and I'd love to hear your feedback on this format for the podcast. I'd like to have more conversations like this. And so I'd like to hear what you would like to hear, what kind of conversations you'd like to hear me having and with whom. So you can come on over to the show notes at www.thebizpodcast.com slash 23 or come on over to my free Facebook group, the Biz Studio community, and you can come on over to www.thebizstudio.ca or there's a link in the show notes and let me know there. I would love to have you be a part of that community because that's a place where we are always sharing ideas and supporting one another in our businesses. Being a business owner can be lonely, so come and join our group where you can get people who support you around you on a regular basis. I have links to Megan's Facebook group as well as her website in the show notes as well. So again, the link there is www.thebizpodcast.com slash 23. And until next time, I'll see you online.